That's right, you are now listening to Tommy Tom's One Mic. Warning, this podcast contains explicit language, triggering or sensitive topics, and controversial discussions. Thank you so much for tuning in to Tommy Tom's One Mic. I'm Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, flip personality, you know it's I. You never see my kind, never seen a fucking sliver or a slice. I'm the butcher, choice cuts, no, I'm nice. You got beef? I got waggle with a knife. Now I'm gonna be wrapping up bodies up at night. Like Ray Charles, y'all know I'm out of sight. Now I'm gonna be slaying niggas, cause you know I love the life. Yo, you gotta read between the lines. I'm only gonna be moving when I'm read through all the signs. Johnny Mnemonic, I got an upgraded mind. This is for the rebels and the revolutionary minds. Cybernetic linguistics, you know I'm on my mind. Prototype the new dimension, man, that shit is mine. Future is creation and creation is sublime. Make your own legend, only happens with time. Let's hit the mic. Hey guys, welcome back to Tommy Tom and One Mic. Today I have a special guest, and a little bit different from uh, my normal guest. He's not a uh, musician, per se. He's not a c- comic. He's, in fact, a man who I once, I believe I met in high school. I believe he's younger than me. And uh, he went on to study theology, which is a very interesting Thing. Uh, I don't know if any of you out there have ever had or known somebody who's studied theology, but he's gone on and he has his own podcast as well, uh, Arcam TV, which you can find on Utah, YouTube and major uh, streaming platforms. But I've waxed and waned long enough. Please introduce, I'm pleased to introduce my guest, Mr. Ryan Kamesi. <laughs> uh, well, it's Kamaska, but uh, thank Kamaska. you, man. I, hey, uh, I've gotten a lot of uh, uh, interesting enunciations of my last name. I've gotten called Kamasaka, so that's pretty, <laughs> pretty right. interesting. Like, my uh, original, my last name is Prang, and for whatever reason, from my whole life, it's been pronounced by people or spelled Pregu, where they like take out the N and put a U after the G or something. So you're in touch with it, man. Well, thank you for yeah. having me on the show. I, I appreciate it. Thank you for agreeing. Like I uh, was telling you before we started recording, uh, I do have a kind of base in religion. I was uh, adopted through the church and then uh, high school, uh, I guess I should state, I was raised in the Mormon church. I am currently not following. But uh, one of the things that they do is when you're in high school, uh, usually before you go to high school during the day, you would uh, actually go to a seminary class. Then you go to school with the idea that it was good to start your day off with on a good note, I guess you could say. So study the Bible and the Old Testament, New Testament and everything like that. So when I found that you uh, study theology and that was at uh, Oral Roberts University, correct? Yeah, that's correct. I was uh, very curious. I was like, oh, so there's somebody I can have like a conversation about religion with. And I guess with a almost kind of like a modern twist, I want to say, in a sense that I think you've you have a strong base in religion. You're not what people may well, maybe some people. <laughs> uh, I, I remember seeing you had an episode talking about uh, you're not going to silent be silent about your religion and all that. But you're a regular guy who has a strong religious religious base and maybe that's not as when people think of somebody who's religious 
maybe you're not the picture that they instantly think of or something like that, if that makes sense to you. Uh, I think that, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think that probably is in part because I, uh, I did not actually become a believer until I was about 18 years old. So I was on the other side of the fence for, for a long time. I actually uh, remember getting into arguments with people over religion and, uh, and then, uh, and then I, I had an encounter, man, and to kind of just change my perspective, you know, and uh, made me realize uh, uh, there's more to this than I had previously thought. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely different. Like I think me, uh, for speaking for myself, growing up in a very religious household, uh, you know, no cursing, no drinking, smoking, these like certain things that maybe others may take for granted, I guess, that they have that and they don't understand what it's like growing up uh, with a different mindset does allow me now, I guess, to talk to people and not like talk to them about religion, but not from, I guess, a holier than thou stance that they may think that most people will come at them with. Okay. Yeah. Best example would be uh, I personally am probably uh, pro-life, but I try not to get too religious in my argument with it. Me being adopted and stuff like that, I have somewhat of a different view of it. So yeah. I know what people's immediate arguments for both sides would be. And I try just to avoid those and just have the discussion, I guess, rather. Yeah, you want to know what's interesting? So people do know, they, they know that I'm a Christian. Um, but, you know, that's, that, you know I, I, I make no apologies for that. But usually when uh, the, the topic of abortion comes up, uh, I actually never actually use biblical arguments to make mm -hmm. an argument for abortion. Usually it's somebody else that brings that into the picture. And I'm like, well, I'm not even talking about that. <laughs> so yeah. I, I always find that interesting. It's, uh, you know, like, I also say because my parents were in the Mormon church, I grew up in a very conservative household, but my parents never talked to me about uh, politics or stuff like that. But as I got older, I could start to see the differences and stuff like that. And it, I was, I'm in this like weird, like middle thing where it's like, you can see the both sides and that I like that middle that where you're not like pushing too hard for one side, because that makes you able to relate and try and explain things in an easier sense to people i guess yeah i think that's a good place to be it makes you a little bit more relatable and uh it makes you a little bit more open to new ideas you know i'm someone that even though i'm, I'm pretty firm in my faith like i love hearing different perspectives i love hearing how how other people you know um you know uh, what they believe and what they're about and how they you know kind of form their you know, moral framework and, and how they really view the world, um, you know, and I think having some of those difficult conversations about some of these things that we experience in life, I think it, uh, it definitely um, challenges me to even grow in my faith, you know, because if I get hit with a question that I don't know the answer to, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing my due diligence to do some research about it and kind of, uh, you know, figure out how it fits into my, my, my Christian worldview. Oh, yeah, I, I completely get uh, I guess before we get deeper I, I do want to go back to uh, studying theology what exactly got you into going down that route well um, it definitely was not a blip on my radar for uh, much of my life um, when I was uh, 
you know, I was 17 years old, man, I, I was like a lot of people just really confused about the direction I wanted to go in my life. There was some, you know, stuff happening at home that, you know, definitely uh, caused a great deal of anxiety and depression. And um, I uh, had this encounter with God that just uh, opened my eyes. I realized that that God existed and I I um, had this epiphany, this aha moment. Um, and I realized that, that one of the things that I was supposed to do in my life was be a writer. And mm. I remember really struggling with, um, you know, this idea of writing this book and, 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 you know, I believe God that was, it was real at this point, but I didn't believe he's the God of the Bible. Um, and I was like, all right, well, I want to, I'm going to, you know, I want to know who God is. Um, so I decided, um, I, I, this is now, now we're, so I, I had my epiphany in, uh, 2008. I started, um, going to, I, I was going to college for a little bit. I went back to college in 2009 and uh, I, I was thinking about, you know, God and, and how I could get to know him better. That's, that's really ultimately what I wanted. Um, so I decided to take the semester off of school. And uh, I was like, God, I want to, I want to know you, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to, you know, know who you are. And, and at that same time, I had uh, met a girl who uh, started talking to me about Jesus. And, and I honestly thought she was out of her mind. Um, <laughs> Yeah, she, you know, she was saying she wanted a man that would pray with her and that would read the Bible with her. And um, she was saving herself to marriage. And I thought, wow, this is this is really weird. You know, like I've never met somebody like this, but there's something very distinct about her, too. She had, I don't know, this uh, gleam in her eyes, this this light in her eyes. And she just seemed so joyful and so happy. Uh, and I was curious. And she she was also very uh, cute. And she. uh invited me to to go to church and I was like oh well she's cute let me let me at least go check church out and I, I sat there about two weeks in service her sermons and um you know I uh I, I don't remember exactly what happened but I, I I started to think like this is real like this is God is real and, and he's the God of the Bible and I remember having a moment thinking to myself uh, like man like am I in the right place? And I would, at that time they were having like this worship service and I'm thinking this in my head, like, am I in the right place? And then mm -hmm. someone, and I'm not kidding, man, they put their hand on my shoulder and they say, you're in the right place. And I was like, okay, all right, <laughs> this is <laughs> it. And, um, and then from there, man, I just had this passion to learn more about the Bible and, uh, and, um, I uh, decided to go to uh, Oral Roberts University. I actually wanted to check it out first. So I went to uh, this, this college weekend they had where, um, you know, you could kind of get a taste of what the university is looking like. And I'm still toying with this question. Uh, am I supposed to be a writer? Um, and, and, and when should I write? What should I do? And I remember thinking like, man, I kind of want to preach though too. And being torn, should I do, do writing? Should I do preaching? What should I do? And uh, there was this sermon, this guy, uh, brilliant guy, his name is Dr. Mark Rutland. He gives a sermon on dreams and how his dream ever since he was a kid was to, to be a writer. And I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. And how he was like, he never thought um, that he would be able to do it. And he's like, flash forward, I've been a pastor and now I'm the uh, you know, dean of this college and I've written you know, uh, you know, a dozen books. And I'm like, whoa, I can do both? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then it, it just kind of clicked for me. And I, I, you know, continue to study theology. I've done a lot of writing, still haven't wrote a book, but uh, I've done a lot of writing. Um, 
yeah, yeah. Little did I know as uh, someone that'd be preaching every Sunday that I'd be writing sermons every week, week after week. <laughs> so I did a lot of writing. Uh, God has a sense of humor. No, it gives you a lot of practice and all that. Like I yeah. said, there's, there's like a lot of eerie similarities. Like writing was my thing. That's what when I was in high school, I was mostly known for and stuff. Like I think my senior year, I didn't take a science class. So I just took a bunch of writing electives. Like I had six different English classes my senior year of high school. It's actually uh, high school is where I got the bug for writing. I had a caring Calora, Miss Calora. And I took oh, a creative Kalora. nonfiction yep. class with her and I fell in love with writing that. Yeah, it was awesome. No, it's uh, like when people ask me what I, what I do and what I am or something, you know, it's usually a job or to stand up with podcasting and stuff like that but like I think for my base it's always been I'm a writer I like telling stories I like sharing stuff like that and I try and incorporate that in most of my everyday life because it's probably like that would have been my first love I guess you could say was just writing and I guess the uh, freedom that exists in that and stuff so you know uh, whatever path you got to take because you know I, I talk, I've talked about it before in my podcast, how I got into stand-up was just me going with a friend out of the city who said he wanted to do stand-up and realizing that he wasn't going to do it. I was like, well, if I do it, then he's got to do it. And since then, just kind of falling in love with it and I'm writing again. So everything kind of, there's these eerie coincidences, I guess people would say or something, but sometimes it's always just like, there is a path laid out for you. You just got to be willing to accept, I guess you could say, accept the path when it's open. Yeah, I definitely agree. How long, how long is like theology, I guess? Like, how long do you go to school for that? Well, it, it depends. Um, so, uh, you know, if I, if I had just went straight to um, uh, Oral Roberts University, it would have been a four-year program, like most college programs. But for me, it was a two-year program. And uh you know, from there, a lot of people that, are, you know, if they're going for theology, they usually go and get their master's of divinity. Um, but by the time I was done um, with uh, the four-year program or the, my two years at ORU, I was pretty much tired of school. Um, I, I needed a break and I was like, there's just no way I'm going for my master's. And I wanted to kind of get in the field and get experience, you know, because all of it was kind of head knowledge. You know, I learned you know, um, to read the Bible and, you know, um, how to preach. And, you know, I didn't really have any practical experience working for churches. And uh, uh, so I wanted to kind of get out there and get involved. And, uh, you know, that's what I did, you know, and uh, I ended up, you know, volunteering for a little bit out in Tulsa. And then um, we felt, uh, my wife and I felt like God was actually calling us back to Sullivan County. And, uh, I came, I came back and I ended up getting a job uh, at a, a church in Middletown. And I worked there for uh, about a year and a half. And that kind, of, that kind of opened my eyes to some things that changed my perspective about church the way that it's done compared to church, how it's done the Bible. It kind of left me a little bit jaded with the modern church and kind of what some of them are about. So um it was a, a pretty evangelical church, and uh, there are just some things that I saw that I was not 
too comfortable with and we different different I definitely had a different philosophy of uh, ministry than the pastor there and um, we ended up parting ways and I ended up starting kind of my own little church and um, uh, I'm still part of that um, and uh, we're just kind of a church of small groups man we just have a you know a small little community where we get together and we talk about the bible no one's in charge and uh we're just there for each other a real strong tight-knit community and uh you know i don't get paid for any of it um you know and uh i think that's kind of more organic more in line with uh what we actually see in the bible yeah it it is i think i think you know over time like most things uh i guess you could almost say it takes like a capitalistic approach or something Mm -hmm. and that it becomes very commercial a lot of things like I think most people can envision how church goes or something like that in their heads just from what they've seen or something like they could have never stepped inside a church before but they have all these images and stuff like that and they have this idea of how it works but really I think what you said is probably the important thing that like I I guess as I've gotten older and I look back and I realize like, I, I don't, I'm not jaded towards any religion or anything like that, because I, I, I think the main purpose of it, the, regardless of your faith, is that community, that kind of sense of belonging and having something that uh, ultimately builds you up. And, you know, uh, I don't think, you know, a lot of people around our age maybe uh, necessarily think that or realize it church was just something that maybe they did as a kid or something. And now, you know, they've outgrown it, I guess you could say. Yeah, I think that's the case for a lot of people. I think part of uh, what kept me out of the church for so long, to be honest with you, was I had these preconceived notions of what it was. And then when I finally went, it was dramatically different um, than than what I had thought. And now my uh, perspective has changed where, you know, I'm looking more um at, at the Bible and kind of, you know, what it actually says and then thinking like, oh, wow, we've really kind of strayed very, very far from what I think the original uh, intention was. And, um, and I do think like a lot of it, it has been kind of commercialized and um, they've, I don't know, the modern church has lost uh, essentially the, the message of the gospel, you know, um, what, what it we're all about. And, um, you know, when you work for a church and, uh, you see, you just, you just get a different perspective. Um, you know, things are about numbers and mm. not souls and things, you know, it's about being, um, you know, the next big thing, the next big pastor and, um, you know, trying to be a mega church. And it's, uh, you know, that's for me, someone that, you know, I, I, you know, I really love people, you know, uh, that's, that's my heart beats for people, man. And to see people get lost in, in that and overlook, that's something that for me is, is probably one of the most difficult things. And I thought, man, let's go back to the drawing board. And that for, for me and the group of uh, guys I'm doing with is, is the Bible. And, uh, you know, um, you know, I, I think we've seen, um, you know, some, some things, you know, happen just, uh, really natural way and we we have a strong sense of community i think was lost in kind of the modern church you know the church that i was attending man church of two thousand plus people (laughs) Mm. um you know where you don't know the name of the person um right next to you and i think a lot gets lost in that you know like you don't get to understand someone's pain you don't know their name 
you know, you don't get to understand what they're going through and, and, um, you know, it becomes very, uh, consumer based. It's like, uh, and I've heard this, uh, analogy used, you know, like a uh, modern church is like the, uh, the fast food or mega churches are like the fast food of, um, spiritual experiences or your relationship with God. And, you know, I, I do, I believe that, um, largely because, um, people don't, I don't know if they don't spend, uh, that time, uh, developing intimacy with other believers and, uh, really studying the Bible for themselves. Um, you know, uh, they take everything the pastor says as gospel, but don't take it back to what the Bible actually says. And, and then you discover, uh, you know, your pastor's theology is a little shaky and, uh, you know, a lot of your favorite teachers theologies are a little shaky. Yeah. They don't study it for themselves. Yeah, so much. It's, they're just going by whatever somebody else tells them, but they've never actually picked it up and read it themselves. Yeah, like I can tell you, like doing this, I did the seminary for the, all four years of uh, high school, and we would go through chapter by chapter. We would read and then we would discuss and just kind of talk about it, and then pretty much we would go to a member's house. Uh, it would be his kids and then other kids in church. They would get gather there in the morning and. We'd go through it. And I think like for me personally, I think probably my favorite chapter in the Bible is probably uh, parables, just because I like the, the metaphoric nature and stuff like that. And you can always get something from that, I guess you could say. But I guess just like actually reading it and going through it and stuff, uh, I found far more beneficial than just having somebody just consistently uh, tell me, you know, uh, if you don't actually do your research yourself, you can never be sure, I guess you could say, as to what your own opinion and faith actually is. Yeah. And I think part of, part of it too, is just, you know, being able to ask some of the tough questions, even through reading the Bible and yeah, the Bible, um, you know, is full of metaphors. It's full of, um, things that, that might be confusing at first glance that, um, that, you know, you'd hope you'd get the answer from your pastor, but a lot of times, um, you know, it's, it's unsatisfactory. Um, so then what do you do? You know, um, you know, I think, um, some of the most significant breakthroughs I've had with some, you know, some of the questions that I've struggled with have come from just reading together with other believers and being able to work through questions uh, that we have together and resolving to kind of search and search until we find our answer. And usually we do, man. Um, you know, it's been a, really uh rich year um at least for me um even theologically i mean my theology is not the same as it was two years ago um and i definitely probably would not be uh my theology would not be welcome in most churches um today uh it definitely wouldn't um you're talking to the guy who was raised mormon trust me Um, (laughs) i get my own uh looks sometimes from people and stuff when i say i i grew up like that and i have to explain it's a Christian religion. My whole base and everything is probably the same as yours. The only difference is, uh, do you believe in Father, Son, uh, Holy Spirit, or are you just one instead of the Trinity and stuff? That would be like the main thing that would have to be a discussion. Yeah, that's a you know that the the discussion of the Trinity, man. That's a that's that in itself is a whole whole topic, man. That's uh, that's an intense one because there's you know compelling cases for it but there's also pretty compelling cases against it you know and that's one of those things where right now 
kind of just throw my hands up and I'm like, I'll come back to it later because it's, <laughs> uh, it's a complex topic. I don't know. That was like, I think that was like my first like religious argument maybe because I knew there were some other kids like in elementary school that uh, I believe his, one of their fathers was a uh, preacher uh, at a church. And first, I don't know how it came up but somehow it came up about the Trinity and I grew up under the idea of the Trinity, but his father and in their church, it was just one. So it was like the first argument I ever got into. So I, I completely agree that that is uh, that it is one of those things where it's like, depends where you're coming from sometimes with people, but I don't like to say, uh, I don't like to tell somebody that they're right or wrong. I don't think that's my place. A lot of times it's wherever you, you feel like whatever your interpretation and belief would be with that. It's not my place to uh, step on somebody else's beliefs. Yeah. I think I'd probably be a little bit more like uh, me personally, like, um, you know, challenge them a little bit, but you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, but, but using scripture. So like my, my, you know, rule of thumb is, you know, if I'm going to form a, theological argument for something that I have to have, you know, at least two to three scriptures that support my argument. And then from there, we kind of, you know, challenge one another, but man, uh, things have been rocking my, my worldview, bro. You know, uh, two, probably two years ago, I would have, you know, said I was like an evangelical Christian. And now, um, you know, I'm, I'm reading the Bible more and more. And uh, I'm, I'm seeing that a lot of you know, the, the beliefs I firmly had, I'm like, man, uh, I need to adjust the sales a little bit. Um, I thought, uh, you know, a, a large part of what's taught in, in modern church is that Old Testament is done away with. It's fulfilled um, in Christ and that we don't have to obey it anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm now starting to be like, well, actually, I don't know if that's necessarily true. <laughs> and and uh, exploring that and, um you know, looking at kind of the totality of scripture, because most Christians, at least modern Christians, they'll completely toss out the, uh, the Old Testament, uh, done away with, not applicable, doesn't matter. Um, and uh, I, I, I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> no, that is, a, that is an interesting one. I think it's, uh, it's that thought that Jesus is sacrificed. That was it. We're good now. You know, you just go to church do a couple Hail Marys every now and then, and then uh, just go about your way and stuff. I personally just never thought it was going to ever be that simple, you know, just because reading through it and all that, I was like, no, it's like, you can't forget. I think in like most things, you can't forget the past. You just yeah. forget the past, doomed to make the same mistakes again, which yeah. you isn't hard to see or witness in, nowadays. And it's very easy to, to look at scripture and know that it's not that easy, you know, because Jesus himself mm-hmm. says narrow is the narrow is the gate, you know, narrow is the way, you know, it's, it's not easy to find, um, and it's not easy to get there. And, uh, you know, um, I think uh, a lot of Christians just say, just have faith. Well, what, what do you mean? Just have faith? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. You know, um, what does that mean? You know, and faith without action is dead. It's meaningless. You know, there has to be you know, if I have faith that, you know, I have to have a lifestyle that is in conjunction with what I believe. Um, I heard it said, uh, uh, one, uh, one, uh, a podcaster I listened to, he was, um, sharing this discussion he had with atheists and 
um, the atheist said, you know, told him, you want to know why I don't believe um, what, uh, believe in Christianity? He's like, because I'm not convinced that Christians believe what they said. He's like, they don't live like, like, like hell is reality and that people are, mm. you know, people are at risk of going there. They don't, you know, they don't live that way. And, and if you really believe that, that should create in you a sense of urgency, you know, that you have information or, or foresight or knowledge that's so important that 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 it would be life to someone who found it but, but most christians uh, they don't they don't live like that um you know they kind of treat you know it, it like an afterthought um this you know belief in jesus and what that means you know and uh jesus is painted as this this guy holding this lamb you know and uh you know hippie jesus uh, yeah but you know they forget to talk about you know, Jesus is the one that's coming back for judgment. And, uh, you know, that's a pretty interesting topic. Why, why don't we talk about that? You know, um, why isn't that discussed? You know, because I don't, I think it makes people uncomfortable, you know, and it makes it, it, ma it makes them realize that just saying I have faith or just saying I believe isn't enough. You know, there's, um, you know, there's more to it. I think that uh, gets tied into like uh, being stuck in the now. I think a lot of yeah. people, they, they take what's right in front of them and stuff like that. So like, say with the faith thing, or so you just need to have faith. People are like, all right, I got faith. Well, what's happening? They're waiting for the results instead of making the results themselves. If you've ever read the Bible or anything, it's net. God's never just kind of handed it to some, handed the answers to somebody. It was more of a, like, he, he sets forth that path and then you find the answer along the way. Yeah, think about the, uh, the you know, most people know this story, so it's a very familiar one, this story of uh, Exodus, Moses leading the, the people of Israel, yeah. um, you know, through the Red Sea. Uh, well, he's running from Pharaoh's army. He's, you know, he, he, he's uh, leading these people out of Egypt because God told him to do it, and he's confronted with the Red Sea. I mean, what a, uh, if I were Moses, I'd be panicking, like, okay, like, <laughs> Yeah. Here I am, God. Like, now what? You told me to do this. Like, but he actually had faith. He took the steps to get there. Um, and then God moved. So I like to think that God is somebody that likes to keep us on the edge of our seats. Um, and two, at the end of the day, so that he can get all the glory. You know, no one's going to question, uh, you know, at least, uh, you know, the Israelites weren't going to question, or even the Egyptian, Egyptians weren't going to question that it was God that delivered the Israelites, because uh, only God could show up in that way. And I think that's how it is for uh, many modern Christians, you know, our miracles, the things that happen, uh, you know, it, it, it's, uh, they happen often in moments where we're having the most doubt and uh, asking the most questions and doubting if God is really in it, because we've taken all those steps, and now we're like, uh, all right, you got to do something right now because if you don't, um, I, I don't have any other options. Yeah, I mean, I think it gets tied into that. Uh, what is it? I want to say they get lazy, but you think the answers are going to be simple, and even when you get it, maybe you don't actually get it. Like if you go back to the Moses story, even after all that, they still had to wander the desert for a while because kind of based on how their faith was waning and yeah. even uh moses uh at least from my interpretation he didn't get to enter the promised land because he himself also ended up doubting 
along the way because of the journey and everything and then just like the bickerness and all that but i think that was the point that i think of most things that it's you're going to go through a lot of you know to be blunt you're going to go through a lot of shit before you reach that uh reach that conclusion that answer and stuff and that's yeah where, that's where faith comes in you just gotta trust too and believe that there is a purpose for why this is all happening and all that and not give up now i think that's something that that right now it is important um you know because there are a lot of people that are really i mean especially after the past you know year um you know they're in a climate where they don't have a lot of hope (laughs) they really don't um you know and i think um you know uh a lot of people have an issue with god but um I think uh, government has kind of filled the role of God in many ways and the role of the church mm-hmm. and people have come kind of dependent on the government for all the answers on what to do. And um, it's, and I think mainly that stems from uh, people kind of being in a place where they, they don't have a lot of hope and they're afraid, you know, and, uh, and someone steps in to kind of fill that void. But I do think um, ultimately we'd be better if, if God were the one to fill that void for a lot of us. And I think he is that void, you know, void that hole missing in, in a lot of people's lives. And that's it, you know, that I call 2020 the year of depression for a lot of people, because I think more so than the pandemic and anything, I think a lot of people, uh, the world's got flipped upside down and they were kind of forced to look at themselves and look at their lives. And what I think a lot of them came to the conclusion is that there is this gaping hole that is missing because now they can't distract themselves like they used to. Yeah. And it's then the question of what do I do now? Yeah. That's uh it's an interesting thing. Like, but uh how long have you uh I guess uh been doing your church? Um uh, I think probably about four years now. Um four years now, yeah. We, we, uh, we've been doing it and, uh, it's been good, man. You know, uh, I've, uh, met a lot of great people and, you know, had an opportunity to kind of, you know, be the hands and feet of Jesus, you know, and, uh, help people in need. And, uh, you know, I think the way we've been doing it has been good, man. You know, I'm always getting paid. Um, you know, we're taking our own money and, uh, doing what we can to help needs as they come about, you know, and I think, um, uh, part of I think the church right now is in like a overall elite state because they've delegated or foregone their responsibilities to care for you know the poor and the needy uh, they delegated that to the government you know you think about people's first inclination now um, when they're in trouble are they thinking about going to the church or are they thinking about going down to the department of social services you know what you know and yeah. I think if if that's the thought the church has really done something wrong um because we should be the ones that they're thinking of going to first um we should be known radically for our love for for people and um and i don't think that's the case right now and i think that's why uh you're seeing people leaving churches in record numbers um because in many ways uh we're no different than a lot of the pharisees that jesus was coming against uh when he came on the scene no very true i think there's a real separation of uh community uh since you know people are just 
looking for the answers the easiest way sometimes, but it doesn't always work out. But before I continue, I, I, I it was a thought. This uh, pretty girl that got you into religion, is that your wife? That is my wife. Oh. Yeah. Uh, lucky we did guess. get married. <laughs> uh, we did get married. Yeah. Usually I make sure to include that in the story and it just derailed my mind. Yeah. She, uh, she, she um, uh, definitely uh, won me over, man. She's an incredible woman and, uh, and we have a beautiful little girl and uh, you know, uh, she's, she's awesome. I get that. She looks like Mila Kunis a lot and, uh, and mm -hmm. uh, I have to say, uh, I actually think she looks better than me. So there's that. <laughs> See, not only are you a uh, uh, minister, but you are also a very smart man. That was a great answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's, uh, that's, that's cool. You know, I, I, it was something I picked up and I was like, I got to wait for an opening. But, I, you know, I know I have you at a limited uh, time, so I wanted to make sure I got that in. Yeah. Like, I know mentioned the girl he had to point out that she was pretty that's our that's probably his wife now but uh on top of the ministry you do have uh arcam tv you have a youtube and a podcast how did that get started uh actually <laughs> so um i got into this when i was uh it was I think probably 2017, 2018. It was whenever the Reproductive Healthcare Act got passed in New York. Um, and for those that were maybe unfamiliar with that bill, that allowed um, abortions to be performed into the third trimester. And for me, that was um, that was like a turning point for me because you know up until that point, I really didn't. You know, I, I spoke here and there, but I wasn't really outspoken about it and then um mm -hmm. i i said i i thought about this i'm like these are fully formed babies you know like this is this is awful like i can't sit back and say nothing and do nothing so i did the only thing that i think you know i could think to do you know i used you know my voice my platform to speak on these issues and speak to them you know based on a biblical or christian worldview and uh you know, and that's how I got started. And, uh, you know, I've been going ever since. Like I said, I started going through uh, as I was doing my research. And you don't really tackle very easy topics, if I can say so. It's not a, or safe, I guess, also. You know, you have a lot of separation of church and state. Like you said, you started with uh, the abortion and stuff like that. So it's not like you're uh, taking on easy topics and you have your guests and all that so i was just curious as to how that's been going and i guess uh the growth you've seen in it for uh not just i guess an audience and stuff like that not really that but more so uh just for yourself and going through that and i guess how that uh helps you with your uh ministry and stuff like that yeah um you know, a lot of the stuff that I talk about, I, I personally don't think it's that controversial, but I think we live in volatile times where um, if you talk about things that, that somebody doesn't like, um, it, you know, it, it is volatile, but I think, um, you know, and, uh, you know, Facebook kind of escalates that because you can't, you know, you don't, can't depict tone or it's hard to depict tone over a Facebook message. Um, but um when I have these conversations with people face-to-face, -face, usually they go pretty good. Um, 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, wh- whether it's abortion or whether it's, uh, you know, one, the one thing I've been talking about frequently is trans issues. That's something that, that that's really big. But um, I think uh, it's opened my eyes a lot. <laughs> I'm, I feel sometimes like uh, uh, very hated <laughs> by a lot of people, especially Christians, believe it or not. Um, uh, they've uh, they've been uh, kind of the most intolerant when it comes to some of the things I talk about. And uh, I find that shocking, but um, it's opened my okay. eyes. I found a... Hmm? Oh, when I say like, uh, not so much volatile, but I do mean like the not safe. Like take, uh, for instance, like we're two guys that multiple times throughout this episode have brought up abortion. Yeah. To some people it's like, you're a man, you have nothing you can say about this and stuff like that. It's uh, like that kind of like strict view on certain well, things. It, it, it's, it's, 20, it's, like, it, it's 2021. They cannot assume my gender, my friend. this is touche touche it is Uh, like i said it's like uh it's kind of like the reversal thing it's like uh you can't have an opinion on certain things and like i see that just in the comedy world where it's like i want to touch on i touch on certain topics but i'll see that in certain areas or certain scenes or something that's maybe not what they want to talk about like sometimes they'll squirm or something and you can see that there's, uh, I guess you could say, the woke movement of a yep. lot of uh, things and stuff. That it's like, I get it. There's things I agree with, things I don't. But I'm also not going to be fanatical with it. And I think people have gotten a lot more fanatical with their views where it's kind of like the oxymoron of how they go about certain things. It's like you're attacking people for their beliefs because they don't believe the same as you do. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of tribalism, man, and um, it's definitely created some, uh, you know, host- hostile conversations with some people. I mean, um, sh- I've gotten to a point now where it's like, um, you know, there'll be people engaging with me, and if I don't think I'm getting through to them, you know, on uh, through like a comments, we're having a con- or at least I'm inviting them to have a conversation nine times out of ten they don't take me up on that offer and they end up getting mad and uh you know thinking i'm a hateful bigot or something like that um and uh unfortunately that's uh that's happened all too much the past couple of years and i think um, you know that's large in part by you know social media but also just the ability to do what we're doing right now you know talk to people have a conversation look them in the eyes it's it's so much easier to scream and yell at someone over Facebook um, than to sit down and actually have a conversation with them and, and really hear their perspective, even on these complex issues, you know, like, like we all have different perspectives. It doesn't mean that the other person is, is hateful or, or mean or, you know, any of that, you know, we just have different perspectives and we need to kind of seek to understand each other and, 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 um, you know, talk to each other. I think that's very true. I think sometimes we, um, we already have an assumption of who somebody is just based on their beliefs and stuff like that. Like, if I came into this conversation with you thinking, ah, I'm going to be talking to some religious nut or something like that, and I came at you with a completely different energy, then this conversation would be completely different than what it's been, which, you know, from my point of view, I'd look, you know, I don't want to be caught. You know, I think we've had a nice conversation here. It hasn't been any tension or anything like that. And I think that's a thing of people not being able to be open to people having a different view than them. 
and that it doesn't always have to be a fight. It can actually be a discussion. Yeah, no, I agree. We've had a great conversation, man. And I've, uh, I've really enjoyed it. I, you know, I love having these conversations and, uh, you know, that's why, um, you know, I'm pretty, you know, open to, uh, you know, speaking to different people. Well, I'd love to have you on my show because, you know, uh, I'm not really discriminating against who I have and who, who I don't, even though like, like I myself, I'm a Christian. I'm not going to speak to people that don't agree. No, let me hear your perspective. Let's talk. Let's have a conversation, an open dialogue, because I just think it's needed now more than ever. No, no. Uh, like I can say in doing this podcast, the episodes that usually do the best are the ones where you can tell it's a real conversation. There's no real holding back and stuff because that's what people want, I think, in their own lives. So when they hear that, it's so much more welcoming to them and it makes them think more. And you want that in the world. You don't want people to just kind of settle. I guess that's a word that I used a, I've used a lot in my life. It's like, I don't like settling and I don't like people settling for just what's right in front of them. You should always try and strive to find and not just get, but understand more. Yeah, I agree. Well, Ryan, uh, I know I got to let you go in a little bit. It's going to be, uh, you know, we're not going to do a break or anything, but uh, usually around this time, I like to get the person I am interviewing chance to uh, let people know where they can find them, any stuff that they would like to plug and all that. So Ryan, I'd like to turn the time over to you. Yeah. Yeah. You guys can find me uh, on most platforms at uh, uh, rcam.tv. Um, yeah. I think uh, that's my link tree. That's probably just the easiest way to find me is just find my link tree at rcam.tv. TV and uh, you can find me uh, on all platforms and uh, love to hear from you guys and uh, Tommy thank you for having me on the show I, 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 I enjoyed this conversation yeah no problem and guys as uh, always uh, in the description of this uh, video as you're listening you will find links to uh, Ryan's stuff his YouTube his podcast and stuff and you know if he wants uh, I'll also put up some of his social media and stuff so you guys can follow and uh Maybe even have your own discussions with them on the side. But guys, as always, hey, if you're listening to this podcast, great. You found the mic. Please hit that like, subscribe, or whatever the platform you're listening to this offers. And as always, if you want to actually talk to me, you can find me on Instagram at TommyTomP88, Instagram, and on Twitter at the TommyTom88. Uh, Ryan, once again, uh, I enjoyed this conversation because... You know, uh, I don't think we really crossed many paths in school. I was older than you, I believe. But I always saw you. And it's just one of those things sometimes where you just like you see somebody and then you see where they are now. And I think it was just a perfect time to actually have this conversation with you. Yeah, man. Uh, definitely. I, re I remember you too, man. Um, I remember you reading that book. And I always thought <laughs> that's cool. You know, that's uh, encouraging. <laughs> uh, thanks, man. But guys, uh, we will all catch you all next time. I'm Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Flip personality, you know it's I. You never see my kind. Never seen a fucking sliver or a slice. I'm the butcher choice. Guts know I'm nice. You got beef? I got waggle with a knife. Now I'm gonna be wrapping up bodies up at night. Like Ray Charles. Y'all know I'm out of sight. Now I'm gonna be slaying this because you know I love the life. Yo, you gotta read between the lines. I'm only gonna be moving when I'm reading through all the signs. Johnny Mnemonic, I got an upgraded mind. This is for the rebels and the revolutionary minds. Cybernetic linguistics.
six, you know I'm on my mind. Prototype the new dimension, man, I see this mind. Future is creation, and creation is sublime. Make your own legend only happens with time.